I was thinking like about pink. testicles. thing on hello mic check mic check everybody out there in our talk land welcome to season three episode 20 yep yeah fucking nailed it yeah my didn't, man we didn't even talk about that i know see you remembered well i knew it was coming i was just every week was gonna say 20 till we got there and i was gonna be right <laughs> once <laughs> i'm your host Corey, and with me as always is Lori. yeah that's me and tripa tripa i was not prepared for that one at all the cocaine dripper. You ain't no cocaine dripper. Nope. Never in my life. <laughs> How about the cocaine stripper? And neither. Well. You could be a stripper for cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Or I won't strip <laughs> or do cocaine. <laughs> you know, we changed so many things up on the podcast. I think now Trevor should come up with his own rhymes. Oh, okay. So that people can learn who he is better as a person. 2020. <laughs> the problem is all the good rhymes are either dirty or uh, have drugs involved. Why is that a problem? Because that's not who I am. Tripper the sniffer. Well, then make them clever. Tripper, <laughs> I'm a clean. You can do it. I'm a clean person. Tripper, tripper the flower sniffer. See? <laughs> 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 there you go. Yeah. Tripper, tripper the house slipper. That's. I think we've done that one. That's yeah. a really good. But that's a good one. I'm soft, comfy, cozy. Yeah. Warm. It's a good metaphor for Tripper. <laughs> Pretty a much like slipper. a house. Just climb inside me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep you warm. I'm 100% cotton. Mega made. Thank you. Machine wash cold. Hang to dry. <laughs> I can't think of any not dirty ones. That's, that's all I got. Well, see, that's why Tripper yeah. needs to come up with them. Okay. Next week. Next week, we'll start with Tripper. So, what else is going on in the world of everybody? It's not 2020 quite yet for me. That's true. But we did spend this past week making plans for when it actually is. Such as? Well, we nailed down a date for the first swap meet. Oh, what? Mm. Oh, what? Out the gate with this one. March 29th, Sunday. uh, Chop Hustler. In combination with Engine and Frame. And In the Weeds. And In the Weeds. They're going to provide food. Oh, really? Yeah, he's going to cook up some hot dogs. And he said maybe some barbecue wall supplies last. Okay. And maybe even vegan chili for some food not bombs. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> then you need the vegan dogs too to go with that. And like the shitty Hormel chili in right. a can. No, if you make if you make a good enough vegan chili, you could put it on a regular hot dog. No one knows. No, I'm I'm talking to I'm trying to take it back to 1997. Oh, okay, word. Um, but yeah, so March 29th, that's a Sunday. Well, then we got to dumpster a bunch of food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 
We'll just go to Elwoods and pull a bunch of vegetables out of their dumpster and make chili out of it. Great. Um, Old dumpster chili. So free to vend, free to attend. Um, you can let us know in advance that you're coming, or you can just show up before 9 o'clock. Um, and set up. set up. And we'll do it in the parking lot, so, you know, or as wear well. your coats for March 29th. What? What did Colin say? I know you guys don't drink beer, but swap meets are cool. <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? I think he's he just means that he wants to make it like an event, an all day thing. So I like the idea of the swap meet turning into a party. Right. Yeah. Not on a Sunday night. Maybe on a Sunday night. But a Sunday afternoon. True. Everybody can party and then still be in bed by like eight PM. <laughs> yes. That Tripper sounds like style. my kind of party. Yeah. All right, sweet. Tripper, so, yeah. tripper, the comforter of Grippa. Mark your calendars. <laughs> um, what else do we plan? I That's don't know. It. We got our whole like list together. Well, we we figured out a whole bunch of shit we want to go to. Right now, whether or not we will actually attend said events on that list, we have a list. Well, well, our- here's one event I will be attending: uh, the Rectum Ride this year, June nineteenth through the twenty first. Yeah, That's so what we have we have real dates and uh, Robbie. <clears throat> from Red Love even made uh, Instagram for it and he's going to be updating the Instagram account cool follow us at Rectum Ride mm-hmm. R-E-C-T <laughs> y'all know how to spell Rectum um, so yeah that'll be rectum. dope Damn and uh, so we'll be putting information about that up as it comes through yeah uh, locking down the campsites right yeah, that's the idea. I think the uh, we'll probably do a, a big announcement thing on the Instagram account, but try to get some preliminary numbers and then just kind of getting okay. sites and then having people just pay us for everything uh, be a little bit more official Sweet. this year. Cool. Um, we'll all be, also be attending congregation show uh, April 17th through the 19th. So if anybody from the Richmond slash dc slash virginia beach area wants to meet us and ride down with us that's a good like five and a half six hour ride from richmond to uh charlotte so that should be a good crew um i think we're looking at maybe hotel rooms anyway um and then also talking about back road barbecue may 8th through the 10th which is in trenton north carolina bunch of north carolina bad boys down there so those are our tentative early part of the year events mm-hmm. that we got coming up. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good list. But it's not 2020 for me yet until I think I got a so week left. For Lori next year, she may be attending those events. <laughs> Is that better? Yep. That clear that up Appreciate for everybody. Y'all. All right. Good. Um, We also worked on our motorcycles this past weekend. I did. Mom whooped my ass. What's up? Well, I'm an idiot, and I don't know how to design shit, apparently. <laughs> I haven't taken it apart in a while, so I forgot the order of operations is really what oh, it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, and yeah. when I was trying to get the the fender, would not go back on. And I realized that, yeah, yeah, I can't. There is damn near impossible to get that fender on with the rear wheel in. And see, I thought that it was damn near impossible to get the rear wheel on with the fender in. Mm. So I was Because I couldn't remember which came first. But I figured it out, and it's fine now. And I put a shift fork in backwards, which that doesn't work. <laughs> so I was like, I still don't have third gear. What the fuck? 
<laughs> and then I crack it open. Stuff's like that's in backwards. I'm like, you're right. That was really fucking stupid. Wow. Seth, Seth with the save. Come on. Yeah. So I flipped it over. It's only because he stared at his for like weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it's you open it, memorized. when you open it up, it was real fucking apparent that yeah. it was wrong. I don't yeah. really know how I managed to do it, to be honest with you, or how I didn't. I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. It happens. It's all right. I'd At make, least it's on your bike. I always make those mistakes on my shit, though. That's good. Like, I don't, I, I will double check and triple check my work on everybody else's shit. But when it comes to my shit, I'm just like, <gasps> I, I like, would never buy a motorcycle owned by a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a mechanic's cars, like car mechanics, their cars I'm are saying, always pieces of garbage. They're like, fuck it, yo. Yeah. It, It'll run. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like, yeah. like, you know how to fix it. That's why. Yeah. It's because true. it's like, you know, if if you fuck it up and you you can still fix it. If it breaks, I I'm okay with it because I'll figure it out. Well, yep. I, I spent four hours on the nice Saturday morning that we had that turned into a rainy Saturday afternoon, so I wasn't so bummed. Uh, putting new bars and risers and swapping everything over, only to find that once I got all that straight, that I've got a broken bolt in a motor mount. <laughs> I can't fish out, so not gonna ride that anytime soon. So the FXR, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. it's time to pull that engine. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to give that one the treatment. Mm. So that's it. It's probably been that way the whole time, though. You know? Probably. It's yeah. like now that I noticed it, I'm gonna worry about it. It's probably been broken before. The FXR has it probably uh, rubber rubber mounts, right? Yeah, but the the rear motor mount, they go through the transmission yeah. instead of actually mounting to the frame. And she had no down to so many primary alignment issues in the yeah. beginning that we were dealing with. So that's probably when it broke, when that when the primary wasn't or aligned properly. it was broken, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, like uh, broke, mm-hmm. you know, before you had the motherfucker because everything else was out of whack and it put that, that bolt in a bind. So that's cool. But all the more incentive to take it apart. Yeah, that's awesome though. Yeah, the bars look sick. Nice, fit nice. They do. They mm-hmm. do look good, but uh, we'll never yeah. know. We'll wait till <laughs> we'll never we know. take. The- <laughs> I'm gonna take the engine part. All right. We'll never know. But that was fun. I'm glad that we got to work on our bikes. I felt like it was 70 degrees out. It was like sunny on whatever day, Sunday, and neither of us had working bikes. And I was like, yeah, this is like old days. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the good old days. Yeah, those two days of that that those were beautiful. The day was so nice. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Especially what Monday was it? Monday that was super today's, nice today's that Monday, it didn't babe. rain. Sunday. No, yesterday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was hella nice. Yeah, that was cool. Man, what are they doing over there? Huh, Bob Vila? Yeah, just Bob Vila in it <laughs> up. <laughs> Can you guys hear that? <laughs> That's real distress. It sounds like a damn chainsaw or something. But it sounds like like he's he's got a table saw that he's like moving as he's cutting it or something. <laughs> or like he's no, he he's got a table saw and the wood is staying stationary and he's like Yeah, someone's moving the table. Yeah, holding <laughs> He's like here, I'll hold the wood, you push the table. Yeah. You ready? <laughs> oh man. Cool. Well, it sounded like other people were working on their bikes too. Based on the questions we had. We got some. Uh, let's see who was working on their shit. No one. Okay. What do we got? Where did all the questions go? So 
just so everyone knows, I fucked up and Instagram will if you don't if I don't screenshot the shit in time, it'll uh it goes away. It goes away, yeah. And that happened. Um so I had to throw it out real quick and ask for more and now it's being funny again. Give me where's the thing? Okay, whatever. Okay, uh, what's a surefire way to know if your shovel head needs a top end? Uh, if you can't kick it over when it gets warm. I well, mean, that's not surefire, but uh, that was a symptom for me. I usually start with compression check. So I'll do a compression check. And then if you still suspect, usually co- compression check, you'll figure it out so pretty let, quickly. So let them know the specs on that. What that should look like. You well, that you want each cylinder to be within ten percent of each other, which is important. Um, and you want a hundreds nice, hundred and twenties better, nineties okay, you know. Um, but if you're pushing like sixty, <laughs> seventy, like that motherfucker's done. So compression checks are good if it still checks out. Like let's say it checks out around. It's still a little low. Like, do a leak down on it. A leak down will for sure let you know um, what's going on. Leak downs are a little spooky because you got to do them in gear, and it might try to turn the motor over. But uh, that's what we did on Trippers to find out how yeah. fucked his was. So, and leak downs are nice because, like, sometimes you'll get the leak downs are really good for finding issues like that let's say it it starts fucking up at like a higher rpm or a higher speed and like you can't figure it out because you're riding it and you don't know what the fuck's going on and compression will check out okay you can do a leak down on it and that'll that'll really show you if there's a problem or not um can you describe for the people what a leak down is doing? You put the cylinder at top dead center compression and you pressurize the cylinder with 100 PSI. And the leak down gauge will show you how much leakage you have. And you can also <clears throat> you can also hear it. So like if you get a lot of leakage out of the bottom end out of the breather, you know the rings are gone. <clears throat> If you get it out of the intake or the exhaust, obviously your valve your valve seats are bad. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of with a compression check, you can kind of do the same thing. Like if you get low compression, you can put a little bit of oil in the cylinder and then do a compression check again. If the compression goes up, you know the rings are shot. If it doesn't, then it's probably in the valves. And it's mm. usually in the rings. I mean, something that old, if it's got a lot of miles on it, it might just be wore out. And, yeah. And that's pretty normal. That's pretty standard stuff um, for old old engines, you know. Yeah, and any type of engine for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there was also another question of what is the best way to ship an engine? To us to work on it. Yeah. Right. Um, our main suggestion was having it. Uh, I think building a crate. Yeah building a crate for it is probably the best. Mm-hmm. Like get you an engine stand and build some kind of crate. It's like when we get motors shipped 
if we get like a factory engine or SNS engine or something, it usually comes in this big ass box and it's like bolted to a fucking pallet and then they fill it with this foam stuff. Yeah. And that's really what keeps it from moving around. So if you don't have access to a bunch of foam stuff, I think you should just kind of build a crate and fill it up with whatever. And then I think fastenal is the best way to ship it. Um, I've never actually had to ship an engine, so don't know. I've only gotten new ones from from businesses that put them on pallets with a bunch of foam in it. But they seem they arrive okay, so and then people do it all the time. Yeah, but I think most dudes just build themselves a crate to put it in. I mean, it doesn't have to be like the greatest crate of all time, right? Like. No, you can put it on a pallet that's already made because a lot of times these trucking services are using a jack, you know, yeah. using a floor jack. Uh, so the pallet is already fit for the floor jack to be to be able to use it. And um, Really, the best way is put that bitch in your car and <laughs> drive that motherfucker on over. Yeah. But, but yeah, as far as shipping goes, I mean, a pallet with like a very sturdy box strapped to the pallet. A wooden box. I like the I idea think you could do a wooden, cardboard box. I like the idea with a wooden box and air holes drilled in it so that it can it says breathe. says on the side. Yeah. <laughs> so that it can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't suffocate. A little cup of water. <laughs> Maybe some food. <laughs> yeah, like like that Lexan uh, yeah, real spray. small plywood stuff. Yeah. Not Lexan. What about <laughs> Luan? Yeah, Lexan's plastic. Yeah. That's what cutting boards are made out of. Tripper. What all can you hone besides cylinders? Anything. <laughs> Any hole. Name it. <laughs> it's true. The machine is amazing. You just get a different size manual, you can do anything. They make super long ones, they make super short ones, they make ones for keyway holes, they make ones for blind holes, they make possibilities are endless. Anything that has a hole. They they also make shit, they make they make mandrels so you can hone outside diameters down. So, like, maybe you don't want to make the hole bigger, but you want to make the shaft smaller. You can do that. I don't have any of those. I haven't had, there's not. But we could do it. But you could do it. Just get, those are probably expensive. I don't know. It's all a little expensive, ain't it? Yeah. Um, Greg DeHoot wants to know how much fun we're going to have next Monday. What? Uh, what's next Wednesday? Next Monday. What? What's next Monday? He's coming up. Oh, so much fun. Oh, awesome. He's coming up to hang out. We're gonna do shop stuff. I think he's gonna take some pictures. He's he's he started a light company. Lights. Yeah, there's tattoo lights. Yeah, for ah. tattoo lights, and he wants to see if they look if cool. Well, they do look cool, uh-huh. but he wants to see if it's practical for motorcycle mechanic stuff too. Sick. Which it probably is. I don't see why it wouldn't be. It's a bright ass light. It's perfect. I love bright ass lights. It's a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, but it's it's portable, which is nice. So. I think he's going to bring that up and we're going to fuck around with it. And yeah. So, I mean, fun really is relative, Greg. So, so much fun. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's just, a, it's just a moment. It comes and it goes. And, Jeez, you know, but if I don't know how That's much, I can't have fun with Corey. How much are we going to have? <laughs> you know, I was going to try to bum you out the whole time. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I'm going to have a blast. I don't know about you. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. 
Um, maintenance tips on a 96 Evo Sportster 1200 with Buell heads and cams for 20. Change the damn fluids. Adjust the clutch. Give her. Yeah, ride, ride it. Ride it until it breaks. Yeah. Definitely ride it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I can't really, I don't know. Go through the service manual. Look at the, uh, there ain't much you got to do those fucking things. Definitely adjust the clutch. Clutch adjustments are always good on anything. So you don't burn it up. And yeah, change the fluids. Throw a new set of spark plugs in it if you want. Make you feel happy. Talk about a clutch adjustment real quick. Why do you need to do them? So that the plates don't burn up. So what happens over time? Plates wear down. So then you're losing. As, as the plates wear down, you start to lose. Let me think about this. Got to think about the way it all works. <laughs> Pull the clutch lever in. Push rod moves. Releases the spring. So as the plates wear down, you start to lose. So the space between the plates Sp becomes greater. No. Space between the plates would become smaller. Smaller. So as they wear down and you go to pull it, eventually the clutch would just stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah. It would stop disengaging. <laughs> right. It would start slipping. Yeah. Or it would become grabby. Okay. So and yeah, basically get, shit's get, wearing out over creep. time. So you well, and adjust. the thing the thing with that is like clutch plates like to either be engaged or disengaged. They don't like to be in a state of kind of somewhere. Half pregnant. Yeah, because then they get hot. And when they get hot, they get burned up. Halfway crooks. So you got to keep that that space between them um, while it's disengaged. It's got to be a good, good amount of space. Gotcha. Enough space that they don't touch. Because mm -hmm. if they're if they're touching and they're able to slip that added that's added friction it's like when when the spring is pressing on them and they're all squeezed together and they're all spinning together it's fine but if they're able to slip it causes extra heat and then that's when you warp your steel plates or you just fucking roach the friction plates and it <laughs> smells like burnt nuts it smells like burnt clutch plates <laughs> burnt nuts <laughs> Really? Oh, like, like burnt cashew nuts. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> like about peanuts. testicles. No, I know. But no, it really does smell kind of just like like burnt. Like, you know, like when you accidentally burn uh, like chestnuts on an open fire. You know, <laughs> I'm going to uh, make a confession right now. I don't know if I've ever cooked nuts before. Really? Not even like in the in the oven? Like if you're like toasting pine nuts or something? And you forget about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've done that. Or That's like an expensive forget. I've, toast, I've toasted pine nuts <clears throat> in a uh, again like a, a saute pan. Yeah. We used to make. What did we used to make? Something. There was some dish. Make a pesto. Yeah, we used to make some dish, and we would always have to like roast. I think it was a uh, walnuts, and like you know, you're doing ten other things when you're prepping. And I'd always fucking burn the nuts. Mm -hmm. And that's what burnt clutch plates smell like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Next. As they wear down, the space does become greater. You're right. All right. I had to think about that again. That's okay. So it slips. Right. So it slips. Yeah. yeah. And then that causes it to burn up. Right. It's bad. 
Yeah, right, don't okay. do it. Adjust, Adjust your fucking it. clutch. Bad news. <laughs> God damn it. You guys make my fucking brain hurt. Um, stories on passenger accidents caused by broken fenders or sissy bars. Anyone got any of those? Yes. Yeah? I do have a buddy who, who is, his shit broke. No passenger, though. His shit broke. Fender went into the tire. Wrecked the bike. So I didn't have an accident, but I was coming up um, a pretty busy street, and I noticed people were like, checking out how cool I looked <laughs> on my motorcycle, obviously. That's why they were looking at me. Um, and I went over a bump, and then I heard this like, chink, chink, chink. And I looked back, and my sissy bar was like, hanging off the back, totally just snapped off on one side, and it was only being held on because it had the electrical wire to the rear, uh, to the rear light. So I like pulled over, pulled out my knife, like grabbed the sissy bar without getting off the bike, like cut the wires, pulled the sissy bar up on my <laughs> shoulder and like rode off real badass looking. And I was like, yeah. And then I had to like fix it three more times after that. <laughs> and then he follows it up with best way to reinforce sissy bars and fenders. So passenger doesn't fall off or die. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll always say like have, uh, like both of us have like our swoops. I like the swoops. Yeah. yeah. So like instead of just over your fender, also come off your like off the midpoint of the sissy bar, and then go down onto like the side rails or something. Which I think it used to be called the East Bay swoop. I think is what they used to call it back in the seventies. And I think Dick Allen is the guy who he was the first guy to come up with it. And it makes a lot of sense if you want to run. If you don't want to run a sissy, like really the best thing to do if you're going to run is have your sissy bar straight up and down or as close to straight up and down as possible. So that if you do have a passenger or you strap a bag to it, you're not putting that extra, yeah, extra load on like it. The moment is on 90 degrees. Yeah. And you do want, cause then, it, then you just have downward yeah. force as opposed to back force as well. Um, I always mount fenders in three places, once at the bottom, once in the middle, and one in the back by the sissy bar. Because I've definitely seen, like, where if you don't have that bottom mount, that that middle one will rip. Oh, yeah. Because the then the fender's able to, if, you know, on a, on a hardtail, you're basically sitting on the fender, so that fender's able to. Yeah, I had that happen, able to force too. it down. Yeah. yeah. My, I didn't have that bottom one, and then, yeah, I was basically sitting forget how that was done but yeah i think <clears throat> i i just needed that third yeah exactly and then the seat dropped the fender started riding the tire and then i had to ride home basically standing up yeah because <laughs> that's sketchy whenever your fender's sketchy. in your tire yeah so yeah i like those those are those are good methods i think to do it and i like the swoops i just think they kind of look cool um but really, also, it isn't important. If, you, if you're running a tall fucking sissy bar, you should probably do it. Um, yeah, that one that I had that fell off was super tall. Yeah. And all it does the whole time is just, it's just bounce around. Bounce around. The vibrate. So, and my front end's real long, too. So the whole thing was just bouncing. So you're just creating stress points, essentially. So whatever you can do to stiffen it up that looks cool, it doesn't really matter. You just need to make it. And also, if it is really long like that, I recommend not internally wiring it because it's <laughs> such a pain in the ass when it breaks 
Well, Lori, yours now, you could like jack up a car on your. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could pick the whole bike. You could, <laughs> yeah, we could, I, you could just swing the bike around. Yeah, we could put a strap this. to the Zizzy bar and just yank it up off the floor yeah. to the ceiling and it would just be <laughs> fine for years. That's, well. The strap would break before the fucking. <laughs> that Sissy bar came. So originally that Sissy bar came uh, with that bike and whoever made it originally, like the, uh, I think that they compromise the metal by quenching it so when you heat the metal but then you cool it real quickly with water uh, makes it more brittle makes it stronger but more brittle it's harder but brittle. yeah harder but brittle so anyway um the stress points where it was basically um attached to the fender was also where it was bent exactly was where it was bent so those are the parts that kept breaking so after three times of basically replacing the metal and we even um, welded like plates on it to support it and make it stronger and it just ripped through the plates yeah so it was like once it broke that motherfucker was a never-ending battle yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah now i've got um two sets of stabilizers going down so it ain't going nowhere and it looks cool like the eiffel tower basically (laughs) the eiffel tower (laughs) um how important is balancing when slapping on a new tire I always balance customer tires. So when I had when I had my first bike, my iron head, and I moved to Florida, I needed a new rear tire. And I went and I pulled the wheel, took the wheel up to some shop up the street. They swapped the tire out for me, brought it back, threw it on the bike, and rode it. And it was a world of fucking difference. To the point where I rode to the shop and I was like, man, that new tire did fucking wonders. I don't know what the fuck you did, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, well, we balanced it. <laughs> and I was like, really? Made that because I really it was it was mainly going into turns, it was so much smoother. Like the SN used to skip a mm-hmm. little bit more, you know what I mean? It just felt a lot better. So at that after that, I was like, all right, maybe balancing tires is a smart thing to do, you know. And I usually do it. I haven't I mean, is it balancing the tire so much or is it balancing the wheel with that new tire on there? Well, yeah, it's but you're balancing the whole thing as a unit, right? Well, that's know? what I mean. Is like, yeah, but like, I will also say that I've never fixed a issue by just balancing. Like, I've never had someone come in and complain about a wobble and then been like, "Oh, there's no weights on this wheel. Let me see if it's balanced," and then checked it out and be like, "Oh, it's off balance," and then put some weights on it and then ride it. It still fucking wobbles, you know. Yeah. I mean? So it's never really, it's never really been an issue either. Like, if it's something you can really feel, it's a deeper issue. Yeah, normally. Like, it'll make it better. Yeah. Like it did on my bike. But normally, if there's something wrong, it's not because your shit wasn't balanced. Mm-hmm. You, you got a blown out bearing or something, more right. likely. You know what I mean? So, um, How do you treat leather after I rode through a fucking hurricane? That's Keep for wearing you. it. For me? Yeah. Oh, I mean, any kind of leather conditioner, whatever you would use on your boots or anything like that, um, that'll help bring it all back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just anything? Um, Boot stuff. like Boot stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's more. Boot stuff, I'm sure boogie. there's certain quality, you know, ones that are better than others, but like, it's your motorcycle. Like, it's going to get wet. Leather conditioner. Yeah. So leather conditioner. I use saddle soap sometimes to actually clean it. I like those two words together. I don't know why. I think it has a good 
got a good tone to it. Saddle yeah. soap. You don't think so? No, it does. You're right. Yeah, I think it's really very. Good. It seems very like saddle soap. I don't know. It seems magical to me mm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. well, it definitely harkens back. Is that what it is? To a simpler time. Maybe. Maybe it's just that my old soul. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I rode it's horses. The alliteration. Saddle, saddle soap. soap. It's just good. It feels good. Yeah. Make it feel like a cowboy. This is good. <laughs> I just feel like saddle soap could probably fix a lot of things, and we're not we're not really like <laughs> yeah we're really underutilizing we're underutilizing saddle soap. saddle soap. fair enough yeah um but yeah I mean like Fry brand boots uh they come with a, a boot conditioning um spread whatever mm-hmm. and whenever I do my boots that's what I use and it's waterproofs everything and uh, makes it more supple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so our friends at Moped Monday podcast hit us with a whole bunch of questions. What Come are your, on. What are your thoughts on the flat track Harley scene? I think it's sick. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Right? I want I want yeah. to see it more. I want to participate go to one? in it. Yeah. I want to go to there. I want to go to there. Is a shovelhead flat track bike as cool as a chopper? That sounds heavy and not. As easily, yeah. I don't think anyone's ever flat track a shovelhead. I think they always are always those flat, flat track straight. No, it's a circle, right? Yeah, that'd be really hard. I think that would be heavy and hard. Like you could go straight real fast, maybe, but I think turning would be harder on a uh, on a on a shovelhead. Yeah, heavy. I thought they use those uh, uh, those forty fives or whatever. It's usually sportsters and uh, and like Indians and. Yeah, so it's smaller bikes. Yeah, yeah, usually. Or I'm thinking of the the race of gentlemen. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's where it's all old shit. But that's on the beach. So that's different. yeah, yeah. And, and they got a, them knobby ass tars. And there's like a year cutoff for that. It's like pre thirty two or some shit. Oh, Super, I thought it was just before the the war. It might the be. war the war. It, no, it, it might be. I don't know what the cutoff is, but it's it's super old shit. I know that much. We're coming up on uh, 100 years yeah, here and not insane. too long from World War II, and I bet it'll still be known as the war. Let's hope to God it's still known as the war. Yes. Yeah, I agree. The, the, yeah, there's only like maybe seven veterans still. I don't know. I was, we were watching a World War II documentary recently. World War II? No, I guess I was thinking World War One, Or maybe they're all dead from World War One. Actually, I think they are. I think they are too. They would have been born in uh, like at least 1900. I know. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. It what is year crazy. is this? 2020? Not right. yet. <laughs> yeah, they, they'd be 120 years old at least. So I think they're probably all gone. Yeah. What is the ratio of cosplay bikers in the scene? <laughs> Man, we don't have them like y'all have them in mopeds. Are you sure? Yeah. Wait. I mean, maybe in the West Coast. How do they? Maybe I don't know anything about mopeds, but you should probably. You should <laughs> what? Probably... You have never seen cosplay moped kids. I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is a cosplay motorcycle moped like? I mean, aren't they all? Yeah, like I feel like. I th- I, like if you, th- I think you're describing me. Like if you hold on, no. Like no. if you walk into the dealership 
and you <laughs> and you and you buy you a, a new motorcycle and you buy you some chaps and you buy you the do rag and you buy yourself the little helmet and you buy yourself some fucking That's fingerless gloves. Hail. How is that not? You go over to the barber shop. A- you get that alt right goatee. I knew it was coming. <laughs> but cause I'm thinking like Sailor Moon looking. That's what I was like, like well, so that's what I thought you were also talking about. Was like, I feel so like, like the cosplay best kinds of friends would ride mopeds. Yeah, like I'm dressing up like the Storm Woman from X Men. Yeah, and I'm gonna ride a moped and then ride my shovel head around. No, that's not what I envision. I haven't seen too many people like that. Maybe on the West Coast, like you I know, said. if he wasn't so legit and perfect in every way, Prince was kind of that in. Purple Rain. I would never equate Prince to cosplay. I'm just saying he's wearing the big frou frou thing. He's got the total outfit. Because he's a badass. The motorcycle <laughs> Harley matches his outfit. It was know. a gold wing. It was a gold wing. Yeah, he was wearing the. It was a purple gold wing. Or it was a silver wing or something. It was a Honda. It is. It is a Honda. We oh. have that album. We have the big fold out poster on the inside. Ah. Yeah. I, I think it's a Harley. silver. I think it's a silver wing. Which was like even lemur. It was a little more stripped down gold wing. <laughs> yeah. It had a smaller engine. I think it had less shit on it too. But still, mm. it's Prince and he's badass. Yeah. Um, what's the best way to winterize your bike? We talked about that. Keep running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you live in Virginia, you don't really have to. I don't know. I just I just recommend fucking draining the carburetor, filling up the tank, and keeping it on a battery generator. Putting some uh, you, yeah, you can fuel put, additives. You can put some kind of fuel additive in it if you want. If it's outside, cover it, but um, let it get some air because it will condensate underneath of it and uh, get some rust spots. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. It's pretty good. You could even you could even take the battery out if you want. Just keep it on tender. Um, when am I coming on to talk about things that makes Harleys like mopeds? <laughs> uh, next week. <laughs> Jason would be fun. Yeah. We could do Jason's that. Jason's the coolest. Yeah. We could do that. Maybe. Maybe we'll have to he's, see. He's trying to, he's like, he's like threading the, the, what do you call it? Stand on both sides. Uh, treading water. No. <laughs> <laughs> threading the needle. What is he doing? He's like trying to get into the. He's going to have world. a Harley soon enough. Yeah, that's what well, because his his father playing with fire. Isn't his father-in-law <laughs> like a Harley guy? Yeah, yeah. So he's like, you know, riding around on these mopeds, but then like he's got his like street bike, and then he's got his like dirt got a bike. Dirt bike, yeah. And yeah, and like he'll have like, a chopper. Hmm. That's the thing about mopeds. It's like that's a lot of fun, isn't it? Imagine if you're going like three times faster. Yeah, well, we didn't we make them test ride one of those ones that we had yeah he did ride one one of the newer ones one of the newer ones but then he was like yeah it's a motorcycle whatever those moped kids they do some silly shit to mopeds too though <laughs> like i was looking down their stories on his stories the other night and they were just cutting something in half i don't know like a frame or something they were doing some <laughs> wacky shit and i'm like all right <laughs> Probably trying to make a double stack moped or some crazy yes. shit. Well, parts are so much cheaper too. Like <sighs> you right about that. When we took Cole's old lady's like moped over to Sal's shop one time, and she needed a bunch of things done, and he was kind of like listing it off real quick for her, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you're gonna need a headlight and like some new front 
fork seals and like maybe a whatever this and that brake pads and and oil and shit. And he's like mm, about sixty bucks. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, it must be nice. But anyway, yep. It's just tiny motorcycles. Like, yeah. Just tiny Harleys. Yeah. But even like a kit, like you can get a whole top end kit for one for like 120 bucks. Yeah. For like more power. Right. <laughs> like a substantial amount of more power too. Yeah. And they're going like 70 down the highway. It's crazy what you can bolt onto those fucking things without doing. I mean, Jason probably knows more, but my understanding is that there's. You know, with like older Harleys, it's like if you want to go to, you got to fucking bore the cases out and do all this shit just to make it fit. Yeah. Like, oh, you just buy it and bolt it on. There's a, and, and when you're talking about such a small engine, a hundred, a hundred extra CCs or 50 extra CCs even is a fucking substantial amount. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just doubled the size of your displacement. Yeah. Uh, And those two cycle motors, like the muffler, make a big difference on the power true yeah the two-stroke stuff with the power or two yeah. stroke yeah yeah the the muffler design and all that which i they kind of talked a little bit about that in school but we didn't do a lot of two-stroke shit because mm-hmm. i didn't obviously i went into harley so there was no two-stroke but it's like if you like constrict the output of the muffler so if you have like a big old fat tube but then you constrict the output and it's like this geometry of the stuff going back into the exhaust it's crazy mm-hmm. for like just because of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can really tune the exhaust on two yeah. strokes. It's like a whole different ball game. Yeah. My buddy. And they'll, and they'll run like complete dog shit with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you have like, and it goes the other way, like you yeah. can have a really shitty exhaust and it'll be fucking garbage. Or like on a fucking Harley, it's just like, you just need a tube. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it'll run all right you know what i mean yeah like a drag ain't nothing to a drag pipe you know what i'm saying it's mm-hmm. just it's just a tube basically it'll run be all right but like a two-stroke would be like nah ain't going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like oh sad <laughs> it's weird it is weird weird which i don't understand why maybe we have jason on we can have some two-stroke theory talk yeah we yeah. should have jason on maybe we can all un- try to wrap our brains around two strokes yeah yeah, let's do it. Black magic. Doesn't make any sense. Silver Dream Racer. Doesn't make any sense. You get a lot of power out of them, though. They go fast. Yep. But, um, so what did I, oh, I learned today. Took shovel head apart. It had 80 cubic inch cylinders, 80 cubic inch pistons. Ended up splitting the cases and tearing it down. Mm-hmm. It had 74 cubic inch flywheels in it. You cannot do that. You cannot just bolt on an 80 cubic inch top end. Why not? Because they did change the bore a little bit when they went from 74 to 80, but what they changed more was the stroke. So, oh. yeah, and they changed the stroke in the crank pin where the crank pin sits in the flywheels. It's an eighth of an inch difference, which is enough to, you know increase the stroke a lot Mm -hmm. um so what ends up happening is when they did that they had to move the wrist pin of the piston because now the piston's coming up higher so they had to move it down 
So if you put an 80 cubic inch piston in a 74, it's down lower, so you just lost all your compression. Huh. That's crazy. It is. It is, and I never thought about it like that until we took it apart, and it was explained to me that, that yeah, so, he was like, <laughs> Zebo was actually like, I'm surprised this motherfucker would start. He's like, he's probably had to kick the hell out of it because there's just nothing there. Yeah. Well, it was electric start. Oh, well, that explains it. Yeah. He just went. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. And I think he said that he wrote it, but it never really. Oh, it definitely never ran right. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. So. He always gotta, had trouble with We got to track down a set of 80. He had, we had, we're going to have to rebuild the flywheels anyway. Mm-hmm. So I tracked down a set of 80s, yeah. 80 flywheels, and we're just going to put those on there and then rebuild them with those. Boom. And then he's going to be all right. All the power. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a little tidbit of information for everybody. Yeah, they don't just bolt on. You can't just bolt them on. It ain't going to work like that. And I don't think, and I don't know why they don't They don't just make. Now, you can just bore out. A, you can just take 74 board out six over and mm-hmm. then you got 80 cubic inch that's one that's that's really the easiest way to do it but uh but that's yeah. not going to run the way that a stock 80 would right because it's like it's just going to have larger bore but not the same stroke yeah i don't know i mean you're still you're still getting the same but same amount like of cubic your, inches your performance curve is going to be different though it Probably, might be yeah yeah i don't really i'm i'm not super knowledgeable about how like i don't know why harley did it that way either like how why did they do it why didn't they just make it you know obviously there was a reason because otherwise they would have just made the 80 by being like we'll just bore these out six over and we'll call that a standard 80 cubic inch couldn't you just buy or like and unless couldn't someone just make like a a special piston arm well that's what i well no i thought maybe just if they made a a piston where the wrist pin was just in a different spot. Or, yeah. Yeah. But I, I like search for a conversion kit and I don't see it. Like Harley put out one mm-hmm. back then they had a conversion kit to convert it to 80 cubic. It came with a set of flywheels. Oh, where <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, make it an 80 inch. Yeah. It was flywheels, pistons and cylinders. Yeah. It was 450 bucks from Harley. Yeah. So I don't know why they, I, I'm sure Donnie's says something about it. We just haven't yeah, read any further. I want to know why they did it that way. Now, the, on, the only reason I can think is like, instead of just increasing the bore, well, then you're getting into the cylinder more. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not, you don't have as much cylinder wall, so you can't, you can't only rebuild it, but so many times. Right. But like they still make up to nine over pistons, I think. So like even at 60, you still got a little, you know, yeah, how, how, how fucked up you going to fuck it up in your lifetime to where you got to just jump all the way to nine and be done with it. Right. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe increasing the stroke is more reliable than increasing the bore. I would think something. Yeah. That there was just like some reasoning that the stroke was more beneficial. Maybe stroke is more torque. That's what I was thinking. Like it's a, I know it's like a different part of the performance curve 
I think displacement versus stroke. It would make sense that stroke will give you more torque because you're increasing the rotational force. To be continued. Right? We'll keep talking about it. Does that make sense? No, I don't know how this works. Yeah, I think we need to do more research before we discuss. Because I mean, you're, I, I, you're, I'm, I'm just saying it might be obvious to you. I don't, I don't know. Well, because you're changing the throw. You know what I mean by moving, moving the crank pin. Mm-hmm. You're changing where it throws the flywheels on the way down. So it might in, that might increase that the force on the. My bad. It might increase the force of the the ro- the rotational force on the flywheels, which would, I mean, that's what torque is. Torque is rotational right. force, so you're you're just, you're increasing torque, so you're giving it more low end. Where like, I can I can get on board with that. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. I'm talking it out over here. Yeah. No, there's no microphone in front of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm sorry y'all I'm knocking shit over I was I was making rotational force <laughs> I was, I was making, gonna say stop good. talking it out because you're gonna confuse people like let's figure it out and then we will come and well maybe explain. someone out there knows and well, we don't have to figure it out and they can just send me a DM and be like hey dumbass that sounds su- good too you're supposed to be the one to know this shit so here you go <laughs> And then I'll be like, hey, everybody, I'm a dumbass. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. I'm sticking to torque. That's my hypothesis. All right. Do we have any other questions? More torque. More torquey torque. Um, I don't think so. Oh, wait, yes. Derek wanted to know about um, making a carb support bracket, drilling a rocker cover for carb support. Still getting intake leaks. Installed a new seal kit, and I'm still getting leaks at high speeds. I think my bottom support might be too flimsy, but the case bolt doesn't have enough threads to use thicker stock. Should I drill the rocker box for a top support? I would just use the damn uh, motor mount bolt. Yeah. Instead of drilling and going doing all that nonsense into the fucking, because you'd have to pull the rocker, you'd have to pull the goddamn head. And then pull the rocker and drill and tap and all that. I would just do it off the the motor mount, off that center motor mount bolt that sits. Build a little bracket. Yeah, that sits right behind the carb. And go to that top mount on the carb. I've I like that. I've done that one. And actually you can just they make supports that go right there. Might even have some in stock. And they're uh they work really well. And it's super strong. And you don't drill into your you don't have to drill into anything, anything, and you can barely fucking see it. So, it looks like you don't even have one, so everyone can think, man, you're crazy. Yeah. Wow. You're crazy. You don't have a carb support. You're crazy, man. <laughs> you must be getting all the intake leaks, and you're like, nah, homie. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Why give me that look? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a sponsor for tonight. Oh, what? Who that? <laughs> uh, tonight's sponsor is Beard Pollen Facial Hair Growth Enhancement. <laughs> Stop, Trip. You make me mess up. So you can apply this in the morning for that five o'clock shadow by the afternoon. Daily applications enhance your results. Side effects may include rash, irritation, loss of appetite, gain of appetite, getting chicks, losing chicks, and bedwetting. <laughs> 
Results may vary. They're not guaranteed. Not for use by minors. And ask your doctor if beard pollen is right for you. <laughs> what are the are there any side effects? Yeah, I just listed them. Are there any more? I don't know. Are there? <laughs> Do you have more? Is it FDA approved? They don't specify. <laughs> <laughs> I like the loss of weight and gain of weight. Constipation and diarrhea. Yeah, all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what else is going on in motorcycle land? I think that's about it. It's going to be 50s this week and snowing on Saturday. So that's... Is it? I saw a little snowflake on the weather app. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So we'll just keep on keeping on. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully everybody else is uh, either riding or working on motorcycles. Yeah. Better be. Or else. We have a song for tonight? We do. It's uh, So, you know, we usually try to do like a local band and something that's a recent release. But uh, everybody stopped playing music in Richmond, apparently. And nothing's come out recently that we know of. They're just all in their... Uh, Mixing phases. Yeah. Yeah. They're just getting the mix right for that big drop in February. Mm. It's a big month for drops. (laughs) Uh, So we have uh, Richmond Classic Band, Page 99, with the song In Love with an Apparition. Heavy. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Maybe maybe, uh, we'll get Jason on here and talk about mopeds. Enjoy your week. I hope it's awesome. All right. I'm going to have so much fun on Monday. <laughs> Peace. Punk rock should mean freedom. Liking and accepting anything that you like. Playing whatever you want. As sloppy as you want. As long as it's good and it has passion.